0: The online MBA from Geese College of Business at the University of Illinois is an empowering experience. A global community, extraordinary supportive colleagues and top
1: faculty. To learn more, go to onlinemba.illinois.edu.
0: You want the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? You can't handle the truth! (laughs) Well, we're giving you the Michigan Sports Truth, the show that is honest, reveals the facts, truth, and statistics, and does not mess around. Follow me, Taylor Phillips, on Twitter at DT2Phillips. Email me at taylorgatorphillips14 at yahoo.com. Follow Ed Smith on Twitter at EdSmith313 and go to our website at michigansportstruth.com. Also like our Facebook page, The Michigan Sports Truth on Spreaker, and join our group with the exact same name. The Michigan Sports Truth podcast is also available on on iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. Also a subsidiary of Sports Radio Detroit, thus available on iTunes and Podbean. The views expressed by the host of this podcast are not opinion-based or for entertainment purposes. They are actually facts and truth, no matter if other people like it or not. It is the Michigan sports truth, and nothing can ever stop it from being correct. Hey there Michigan Sports Fanatics and welcome to episode 224 of the Michigan Sports Truth on Spreaker. I'm Taylor Phillips with my co-host Ed Smith. Thanks so much for being on here with me, Ed. How have you been?
2: Doing good. very well, Taylor. Good morning to you first and foremost. Um, and how, how how have been? how have been the Olympic Street you so far?
0: Uh not not too bad. I I've only been keeping tabs. I haven't been able to watch much, but um
2: well, luckily, you know, you know, I would really recommend you download that uh, the NBC Sports app or the NBC Sports Extra, uh, mm-hmm. wherever you can go. So you probably uh, help keep you up to date, also give you brief highlights, of the live streaming and everything.
0: But uh, if only if only know, I had uh, a, a provider account and and I can't afford to pay. Ah,
2: I understand. But uh, you know, my brief thoughts on it so far, it's been. Uh, in many ways, historic once again, uh, with, with two constant names, it seems with Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt. Um, at least with Phelps, it seems to be the end for sure. This time around, he seems more adamant that this is, uh, his final go around in Olympic competition. Um, with 23 career gold medals, uh, was a now 28 total in terms of Olympic events. Um, quite staggering, quite phenomenal. Uh, let us know this probably witnessing a once in a lifetime athlete, uh, no matter what uh, sport or practice that you, that you do. What Michael Phelps did was was simply uh, impressive beyond all beyond all measures. Not to mention the fact, not just swimming or what we're seeing a track, field you Usain Bolt. We're also seeing uh, things of other fields with uh, gymnastics, uh, primarily the U.S. women's team, Simone Biles uh, being the lead. Uh, the main attraction, it seems to be, uh, for this go-around the way it was uh, for the Gabby, du- the Gabby Douglas show in 2012 in London. Also, in terms of uh, making more history and back to swimming, Simone, another Simone also, Simone Manuel even, uh, became the first African woman, African African-American woman to, I uh, believe, uh, win an individual medal, let alone a gold. Uh, when she won a gold uh, the other night in their uh, individual... Uh, was about four by uh, a hundred uh, relay or something like that. So, congrats to her. Congrats to Small Biles. Congrats to St. Bolt, Michael Phelps. All the other participants, um, especially those from that represented Team USA uh, and their respective fields for meddling so far and what's to come. Uh, but now it's time to, to get down to showtime.
0: Yeah, you got plenty to get to. Tigers, lions, and college football. But before we begin. I want to remind everyone to share this episode and our entire podcast on social media. Have their friends share that as well. And follow me on Spreaker as Taylor Phillips online at Spreaker.com. Because I want to tell them that the Michigan Sports Truth podcast here on Spreaker is in search of local advertising sponsors. If anyone has a business that's interested in sponsoring this program, please email me at TaylorGatorPhillips14 at Yahoo.com or privately message me on Facebook or Twitter. That being said, it, it's it's time to talk some Tigers. That one is
2: long gone!
0: So, the Tigers get swept by the Seattle Mariners. They, they lose 3 nothing on um, on uh, Brad Osmus putting in uh, Mark Lowe, giving up an insurance home run, uh, or an or insurance RBI single by uh, Heredia. After giving up a double, he struck out the first two batters, but um, but um, he couldn't he couldn't hold the Mariners uh, off the board. After Michael Fulmer and, and Hisashi Iwakuma duked it out, Fulmer gave up two runs, took the loss. Tigers offense uh, was uh, dead, and then then on Tuesday, Tigers had a four had a four nothing lead, and then four to one, and then Justin Wilson. Gave up a, a game tying three run home run, Victor, and went and went into fifteen innings. Victor Martinez a two run home. Victor Martinez a solo home run, and then uh, K Rod, who still hadn't been rested at, at that point, was warming in was warming up in the bullpen. Uh, he uh, uh, um, in the uh, earlier extra innings for for way too long, ha- had to wait. And then in the fifteenth inning, he got his opportunity, and he blew a save, his third blown save of the year. And the Mariners won six to five with a little help from uh, Justin Upton's uh, poor fielding, mind you. Mariners wins six to five and in fifteen innings in that one. And then and then Wednesday they, they won three to one, I think. Uh, Nelson Cruz the game winning home run in the eighth, eighth inning off Justin Wilson. Justin Ver, Justin Verlander and King Felix Hernandez both got a no decision, one one tie, and then um, Anibal Sanchez got the helpy out of him as as the Tigers went into Arlington, gave up eight gave up eight runs and an eight five loss in Arlington to the Texas Rangers, so that that was five straight losses for the Tigers. See, here is the thing. Brad Ausmus misused K. Rod again in Tuesday's game by warming up, warming him up in the bullpen for too long, and making him way too long in the late innings, and then using him in the using him in the fifteenth inning. And I felt like I was the only person on earth blaming about half of that on Ausmus for for misusing K. Rod, and the other half on K. Rod struggling by himself. Since then, when the Tigers still kept their losing streak alive, I got sick and tired of hearing about the possibilities of Ausmus staying at the Tigers. Finished with only a winning record, and missed the playoffs, and I got sick and tired of seeing fans on Twitter rooting for the Tigers to win because of that, because if they root for the Tigers to win, because of that, because if they root for the Tigers to win, then they want Osmus to stay, which is a grave mistake, because if Osmus stays and signs an extension, then it's going to be the same old mediocrity of not winning a playoff game, and most of all, not winning a not ever winning a World Series championship again since 1984, which is horrible to me. So I started a movement up of my own. So I started a movement on my own on Twitter, which was hashtag tank to fire And it seemed like nobody agreed with me on it. So I went with it as a one-man movement, and it was going great through Friday's delayed game. But then I realized on Saturday night, K-Rod performed much better with the much better with a three batter with a three batter four, uh, 14 pitch ninth inning which wasn't quite a 1 2 3 inning i know he still has yet to get back up to that mountain peak but he only allowed one hit and got the game ending, game ending ground ball double play to pick up his 33rd save of the season and that made me feel better so now i'm now I'm in the middle tigers went 2 to 2 nothing um matt boyd got the win uh, Casey McGee four hits, Victor Martinez uh, an RBI single, McGee with an RBI double. That was his fourth hit of the uh, hit of the game. And then on Sunday, Tigers shut him out again, seven nothing. Uh, Michael Former pitches a complete game shutout. Tigers with with uh, uh, Tigers playing some long ball. Most uh, three of them down the left field uh, down. Down one of the lines, the left field line or the right field line. Two down the right field line, one one down the left field line, and then Miguel Cabrera a home run to right field. Not not so down the line. So that's four. And um, Brad Ausmus, uh, after seeing Michael Fulmer uh, throw over one hundred pitches, decides to leave him in, and Michael Fulmer gets it done. And um, that's got to that's got to be a really good feeling for. Uh, a rookie.
2: That's a good feeling. Uh, for sure. Uh, even though, even though more than likely he was on, years is on possibly an NX count uh, with, with, the, with the amount that he's probably going to be used for this, uh, at least for the season. You don't know with, if, uh, if, and when they're going to pull the plug or shut him down. So to speak, because it, they do that with rookies or somehow, you know, they make a deep playoff run and they need him. Uh, I'll get, Get back to fall more in just a second. The first one all, let's get back to so the week in review. Um, this was not a good week. or very, very up and down, roller coaster, you could say, uh, since our last podcast. Uh, they won, like mentioned, Taylor, they did lose five in a row. The sweep to the Mariners, and losing the first game to the Rangers. But before that, also, they did lose three once the Mets as well. So that's a five game streak, uh, which really uh, hurt them in the standing, so to speak. Now, they have rebounded it by winning two in a row. Uh, but that five-game loss uh, as a result of that five-game losing streak, as a result of that, leads them now trailing in Cleveland by five games um, in the AL Central Division race. Still within striking distance, but not nowhere near uh, the, the bouts that they had last week or rather the week before. Um, whereas in the wild-card standings, uh, again, a, a noted case of an, of, 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 of an unfortunate measure, they're now trailing Boston by one and a half games uh, for that coveted second wild card spot. So, Troy, we're in a, the Tigers, were in a good spot uh, last week. Even I guess you could say at the, at the conclusion of our uh, latest episode. Uh, but since then, now they've gone a, done a uh, complete one hundred and eighty, and so now they're back on that uh, on the outside looking in bubble, so to speak. But there's still about a month and a half left to go here, so there's still plenty of time for, uh, you know, teams to get, uh, to get hot, get cold, uh, hopefully you see guys like Justin Up and get their heads straight, not to mention getting guys like Nick Castellanos and Cameron Maven back and Jose Glaciers back from injury, who all now have been put on a DL, Um Maybe, and I believe he was put on as a retroactive to August 4th so he doesn't have to serve as many days but still a crucial crucial loss that you really can't afford to have at this time um, which is kind of why I understand in some instance why uh, Justin Upton hasn't been I guess you could say uh, been told to have a seat or benched for a game or so because trust me um, as great of a June and July that he had in terms of OPS He's had a terrible is so far, not just hitting, but also now, as you can saw uh, in the loss, like you mentioned, against uh, Seattle, now with his defense. Um, as much as I could say, oh yeah, uh, as much as I would love to see Austin's bench him, uh, you can't do that right now because what you're going through is a crucial stretch, first and foremost, but even still, I would do that. But more importantly, um, injuries. Mabin, Iglesias, and Castellanos are down, so you can't really, um, necessarily, I guess you you can call Mabin, uh, not Mabin here, but Upton a healthy scratch and get them the healthy stretch, healthy scratch treatment if the other guys are hurt right now and you're in the middle of a crucial penetrate, chase here. So it's a damned if you, damned if you do, damned if you don't situation if you're auspice. But back to auspice, I actually do agree. You know more, uh, you know me more than I do, Taylor. Uh, you know more than I do, rather, Taylor. Um, that I want Austin's fire just as bad as you, if not worse even. Um, but I do understand, in a way, if you want to play devil's advocate here, this is a team, this is a city, this is a franchise that has gone three decades without winning a championship. Uh, you know, you went to the show. You got win the World Series in 06, to twenty twelve. Over three decades, correct? Excuse me. So, right, that's 32 years coming up almost here. Vince mm-hmm. the World Series in 06, Some people thought you should have won it there. You threw it away literally with errors among among other things against the Cardinals. Then 2012 uh, against San Francisco, uh, another series. I think. I think it's fair to say. You were favored to win. You had Miguel Cabrera coming off an MVP in a triple round, Justin Verlander a year removed from a Cy Young and an MVP. They were favored, favored to win, win
0: they in. were favored to win in both World Series appearances.
2: Right, favored to win both World Series appearances, and then they got embarrassingly swept by the Giants. Oh. So since then, you know throwing, sprinkling a little bit of AOC experience a couple of AOC appearances, it's just been nothing but you know, so close but yet so far away. You can find a way, and it's, it's compared to uh, what the what the Braves did in the '90s. Only difference is the Braves actually won the World Title once in a while. Um, so it's I want Austin's fired, but I, I understand why some fans listen. You know, you get you have some talent there, and I think it's piped at the whole Mr. Mike Illich wanting to see this team bring a, bring a World Title to the city of Detroit before he dies. And that factors into that, and the payroll, and the talent that you have, um, that you appear to have better than than most teams in this division, um, and you're still underperforming. Granted that, do it. That lack is of and part to your manager. Exactly, very inconsistent. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, it's it, it's frustrating for sure, but when you see the talent that's on here, and you see, for instance, like like you did, like you did with the eight game one streak, seeing J.D. Martinez come back, um, knowing you know what we're seeing with Michael former, hopefully we'll, you know uh, uh, Daniel Norris could be uh, give you that little bit of boost as well. And not to mention the fact that eventually we'll be getting Iglesias, Maven, and Pascal's back from injury. Um, you have the feeling or the optimistic hope, uh, I would say, uh, that you know, all you have to do is, even if it means winning the, you know, worst case scenario, you get the second wildcard spot and then you have to uh, win the play in game. As long as you get in, you're in. Um, you know, whereas if you have to use Burlander for, for the for the wildcard game, you could still still have Fulmer, you still have Norris. Uh, hopefully you would hope to have Zimmerman if he's a semblance of what he was uh, in April and May, uh, not the the show that he's become since June. So those are your reasons why even though Brad Oswiss is your manager, you still want them to win as much as they can and possibly win another World Series because it's the it's the mindset, it knowing You've been so long without a title. You've been this championship star. if You're willing to take any semblance, any nibble, any, uh, anything, even if it means dealing with, with Brad Austin here. So, uh, would you rather deal with a guy you don't like or would you rather deal with a, uh, a world title parade down Woodward? So, uh, that, that, that would probably go through why, you know, some Tigers fans aren't as adamant about joining your cause, so to speak. It's not to say you're wrong. Trust me. Any other year, I would say, hell yeah, fire this clown, especially if it was the '90s. But um, let's call it—you're so close. You've got that taste, uh, but not the full-blown meal of winning the World Series, and then knowing the talent that we have and the payroll that we put into—it would feel like a colossal waste of time if all this came to you know was for nothing without a World Series title, which unfortunately it might seem it's looking to be. But still have the hope, still have faith. And the optimism that maybe they can pull something together, you know, go on a crazy run here and shock everybody. So that's the only reason I could say, could say why that uh, you know this move, so to speak, the tank the fire officers, has been getting much steam just for that reason. That just for those, just because of those reasons that I pointed out. Um, Fulmer, I, I gotta say, I was you know it was it was evident before he was the front runner for this. Uh, Rookie of the Year, um, unless something crazy goes happen, he sealed it with his performance uh, on Sunday, you know, granted, it might have a uh, little taken up a little bit too many innings, but still, hey, when you, a, a, shut, a shutout is a shutout, so uh, congrats to him for that, and I don't think he's going to win, like, you know, be a serious contender for Cy Young, you know, no, he's but uh, he does have, to have at least Rookie of the Year wrapped up. Yeah, but he's got at least he's got rookie of the year wrapped up at least. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, let me get to Osmus uh, and the Tigers uh, trying to win. Uh, the Tigers are not going to are not going to win are never going to win a World Series uh, uh, with Brad Osmus. They're, they're not even going to win a playoff game or or a playoff series because uh, uh, Brad Ausmus is going to keep dragging all that talent down with his stupid decisions one after another. And it's gonna keep hurting them. and that's why
2: listen, I, listen, what what you're saying, I agree with you one hundred percent. You got no qualms with me with that. It's just I'm giving you try to give you a different perspective. If you if you're a fan base that's gone this long without winning anything, you're willing to take any scraps you can get. I mean for God's sakes, that even the Royals won a, they won with Ned Yost last year. You know, you don't see many fans playing about that. They're so the bad that, that they're glowing up that they finally got a title. And that'll be the same situation you will be seeing here if that, that would happen to Detroit.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't see that happening any any time in the future. They need they need they need to change. Uh,
2: I don't see it either. I agree, but that's that. But, but if you want to be optimistic, you know, like I said, just find a way to get in between the wild card chase or even the central chase. You know, when when the wild card game, if need be, and just go on a crazy run because we've seen a lot of things, like for instance. I'm pretty sure in each of their past uh, championship seasons, nobody's favored the, Nobody favored the Giants at all, if ever during that whole entire run. So you never know what could happen in baseball.
0: Right, right. And then and there are other there are other uh, members of the D S of the DSR, the Detroit Sports Rag, that um, that, that are saying that um, even even if the Tigers make the playoffs, if they didn't, if they don't win the World Series. Then Brad Ausmus could could very well get get the gate, and and uh, for some reason if the uh, the Tigers don't make it any further than the uh, than the ALDS or or not even win a playoff game, then he then he gets fired. Um, Dave Campbell, um, Dave Campbell at DWC four six two on Twitter saying, I saying he 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 doesn't think Osmus will come back because the Tigers won't won't win a world championship it's that it's that simple and um, it's that's that that's one thing I agree with what I don't agree with is uh, the is uh, fans saying that Osmus will return just because the Tigers uh, if the Tigers finish with a winning record and not make the playoffs I, I don't agree with that do you?
2: Yeah, winning record means squad in the regular season. You you put enough money and resources. You tried to build this team to contend for world's world series titles here. So Stephen crapper get out the point, pl- get out the pot at this point. And if you haven't delivered or at least done your damnedest to try, then what's the point of keeping you? Especially what this is the last year of his, of his contract anyway. So it can be like a Mike Babcock situation where you know you don't want to bring him back, but you can save him, I guess, you know, save him his dignity, if you want to call that, by not firing him, but just choosing not to bring him back, since what his contract has expired.
0: Yeah, this is his last year. So, um, Anibal Sanchez here, let's get to him, too. He's gone back to his first half season form Saturday night after having three decent recent performances. I don't see much or any improvement whatsoever this year from him. There's got to be a way for general manager Alavio to terminate Sanchez's $80 million contract and eat up the rest of his money. Sanchez has been the major problem in the starting rotation for the Tigers, and it needs to be fixed at some point. Another thing.
2: Um, Yep.
0: Go ahead. Another thing. The Tigers' offense continues to struggle until this past Sunday. They scored seven runs and helped Michael Fulmer get his complete game shutout win. However, if they continue to struggle through the rest of the year, I think they, I think they should consider giving their hitting coach Wally Joiner the axe because I don't think he's taking enough accountability for what's happening with their at bats. So I think, uh, I think you're, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I, well, well, I, th- oh, accountability. I think
2: well, accountability needs to be held at some point here. But I definitely uh, agree with you with that, especially on Sanchez as well. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, yeah, one couple of good starts, I guess you could say three good starts, three, yeah. um, or at least two, so to speak, you know, he three. gave one run against Chicago, and even though he had the loss against New York, only gave him one run there, gave you 10, you know, gave you what, uh, seven, eight innings of good work with 10 strike. yeah, gave you eight innings, 10 strikeouts, one run, and then got blown up again against Texas. Now it could be the fact that he has struggled either against Texas or in, uh, Arlington stadium, I believe it was a, uh, all right here. It was said by here. And he is on ESPN on in the game recap and his, and his now four career starts, uh, at Arlington, um, against the Rangers. Sanchez now has a PRA of 17.63. So if you want to be, if you want to look at, at glass half full, uh, point of view, you could say that, Hey, Sanchez has always had a tough time at that, uh, 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 at that Paul Park, you know, one win and four starts, ERA over 17. That's a, known, that's a stadium known to be a bad box anyway. But if you pay attention to what he's been this year, you realize that's not really a coincidence. So it's a double-edged sword.
0: That's right. Uh, and uh, Annabal Sanchez um, s- still can't improve. We don't know why. We don't even know why he's, he was in, in the rotation in the first place. That uh, this year, despite his uh, three good starts, and I counted them one, two, three, he, he just isn't he just isn't that good this year. I um, I I I think uh, his career, I think his career is uh, his career may be short lived.
2: But I mean, it's, not, it's it always could be a possibility. I mean, we, for instance, you know, I, mean, I guess you could say uh, someone related because it, it ties to the Tigers. Prince Fielder had to retire, you know. This a guy that yeah. signed a massive mammoth contract with the Tigers in 2014, uh, excuse me, in 2012. Oh, man. After the 2013 season. Uh, and unfortunately, just couldn't do anything uh, remotely uh, palpable in Texas. Uh, two of his three seasons had to end with uh, a form of with, uh, neck surgery. And with this one, he's, he was told, you know, he just wouldn't be able to be medically cleared to play again. So... Um, even with all that money, even even all you know all that, uh, it's another example. Of, if, if certain things aren't right, you know it's essentially a wasted contract. Um, I don't know what's going on with Sanchez. None of us know what's going on with him personally, whether it be injury or mental or physical. Uh, but uh, hopefully, you know, we, we got we, we it's got to be figured out at some point, whether it be during the season or after the season, because you can't explain. Uh, he had his own share of inconsistencies last year or the last couple of seasons, but, you know, it's not like he was completely terrible the way he's been this year, where he gives you one good, you know, where he's probably one good start, yeah, he gives you like five or six bad starts in a row then one good start or two, and back to two or three more bad starts. It's just bad, 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 good, bad, 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 bad. So, um... Something is definitely up with Sanchez. You just don't know what.
0: Yeah, and uh, here's another thing: Anibal Sanchez starts Wednesday at 7:10 against in the series finale against the defending World Series champion Kansas City Royals. He's taking on Jordano Ventura. But uh, we got to go in chronological order here: Daniel Norris against Ian Kennedy Monday night at 7:10. Then we got Justin Verlander and Danny Duffy uh, pitchers duel right here. At Tuesday at seven ten, and then the aforementioned Sanchez and Ventura matchup at seven ten, and then the Tigers start uh, their four game series against the Boston Red Sox. Very important matchup for the uh, American League wild card spot. Uh, the first game obviously being started, being scheduled to start at one ten, due to due to the fact that it is Grandparents Day, and and then the then the two games after that, they're they're all they're both at 7-10, and then then Sunday at then the the routine Sunday at one ten, type of thing. Then, then they had then they have Monday off. Then 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 Tuesday through Wednesday they're at Target Field against the Angel uh, the, against the Twins. Tuesday through Thursday again. Tuesday through Thursday they're at Target Field against the Twins.
1: This holiday season, remember the families who've lost loved ones to COVID nineteen. Don't risk losing your loved ones. Stay vigilant. Make smart choices. Avoid indoor gatherings and wear a mask. Spread hope, not COVID. For tips, visit michigan.gov holiday 2020. I... A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. It's switching season, that time of year when you say goodbye to slow, expensive internet and hello to super fast internet from WOW, now starting at just $29.99 a month. It's the most wonderful deal of the year from the most wonderful provider in town. But hurry, switching season ends soon. Get super fast internet with no contracts for just $29.99 per month. And find out how you can get a $200 Visa card at Huawei.com. Limited to new customers with auto pay and paperless billing. Restrictions and terms apply. Offer subject to change. Contact WOW
0: for full details. Then they return home against the Angels and the White Sox from the 26th through the 31st.
2: So in this stretch, of as we come upon up, come up the second half uh, of the month of August here, um, you have a seven-game homestand with uh, with the series against Kansas City and Boston. Uh, then really... Only one, you know, minor road trip with a three-game set in Minnesota. Then you come back home to finish out the month with six more home games. So uh, the opponents in no those series are Kansas City, Boston, Los Angeles, and the White Sox. So crucial games to win, especially, like you mentioned, the, the games against Boston, since what they are now ahead of us at the moment for the second wild card spot. So these head-to-head games will be very, very crucial to our chances and after that, you know, it's September, and you all, you know, uh, it's home stretch time, essentially, because it's where pennants are usually clinched and settled in that month of September. Sometimes, you know, you go into, it goes even into October with uh, a few games at the last, uh, even at the last day of the year, even. That's one that I think, an in instance, the Tigers won uh, their last day of Central title. They won it a couple of years ago, last day of the year, at home against Kansas City. So... That's an example of how down in the wire these pennant chases can go be. Also, they're on the opposite end. We all remember Game 163 in 2009. How can we not? So, uh, there's still quite a ways to go for uh, the American Central Fish to be settled or even for the American League wild card hunt. Uh, because even currently, you know, the Yankees, in a way, they're still in it. They're three games over five they They're only a four and a half back. Uh, currently at Boston in in, in the in the wild card chase, so a um, bit of a long jam, so to speak, um, that is still far from settled uh, between now and early October as we figure out who's going to represent who in the playoff picture.
0: That's right. So uh, to sum it all up, the tiger the Tigers uh, keep winning to uh, keep themselves in the playoff race, whereas Brad Ausmus. Like a very deadly computer virus, keeps dragging them down with his stupid in-game decisions by himself. That, that just puts the Tigers in a difficult situation, based on whether they want to keep or fire their manager Brad Ausmus. That's that's going to be one of our five questions later on. But uh, right now, we got some Lions uh, topics to discuss here. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Before the preseason began, the the Lions discovered that that uh, tight end Eric Ebron has actually had a sprained. Ankle. He he did not wear a cast or a boot, but uh, my exact status probably week to week. Well, well uh, unless you uh, have, unless we have uh, any any kind of uh, status status source on Eric Ebron due to his sprained ankle.
2: Yeah, it was when, especially when compared to initial reports that it might have been or or initial speculation, I should say, now reports with speculation impossible possible fear. That maybe it could have been the torn Achilles. Um, uh, now finding out it's, it's, just, it's just a mere you know, minor ankle injury. Uh, good news for Ebron. Yeah, definitely for sure. So even if he has to miss a couple of games, uh, more than likely he probably won't play the preseason. It'll give him as much time to rest as possible, so that he'll he'll be needed for the opener on on the 11th next month against the Colts. So. Uh, more than likely, he probably will be asked to, to play it safe and not play it much, if at all, in this preseason.
0: And then the Lions uh, kick off their preseason in Pittsburgh, and they won thirty to seventeen. Not much offense to start off with, but um, they they scored a touchdown in the first half, and um, two field goals, and then they took the lead with a field goal, and then uh, Jake Rudock. Did most of the offensive work at quarterback in the second half. Uh, R- Rurock is proving already uh, a- after one game to uh, to be a backup uh, to be a-, a really good backup quarterback uh, on this Lions roster. But uh, we'll have to see in, in the next three three uh, preseason games. I, I thought uh, Billingsley yeah. stepped up. I think I-, I think yeah he scored a touchdown and so did Washington. And uh they
2: watched a ninety-six yard kickoff return, by the way, very impressive. Yeah, they're
0: they're and also their defense uh stepped up their game in the second half, unlike the first half. They gave up fourteen points in the first half, but um but that was that was it. Uh since since 14 that,
2: points as well as two turnovers. Yeah, or or, or forcing a takeaway rap rather.
0: Mm-hmm. Defense, yeah, but in the second half the defense only allowed only allowed a field goal in the second half and um, and uh, did, did the rest while, while the offense did their part. It resulted in, in that 30-17 thir- to 17 win. And, and then after that, we, we just found out bef- before this episode began that, that the Lions ha- have signed tight end Andrew Quarles, a former Green Bay Packer, who was recently suspended two games due to personal conduct violate uh, due to a personal conduct violation, and then and then thirty four minutes uh, uh, prior to this point, the Lions place wide receiver Andrew Caldwell on the injured reserve with a broken bone in his hand. Oh man! Yikes! Oh man!
2: At least with the Corliss signing, I. Uh... You know, I definitely understand re- the reason why behind that. It's uh, for depth purposes, um, while uh, you wait on Ebron to recover from his injury, you still need somebody at that spot here. So just in case he's not ready for the start of the season, you still need a, another a tight end of sorts. So um, hence the signing of Corliss here.
0: It says more on this tweet from uh, Ian Rappaport on Twitter, at Rapsheet. Says, um, uh, Andrew Caldwell says he'll discuss an injury settlement with Detroit and then should return in 2016. It it, it It's going to be later on at some point, but um, later on in the regular season. And, um, oh man, I just found out Jim Bowden, a rod to the Marlins is going to happen. Hmm. But uh, back to the Lions here. Uh, two re two reasons why they put uh Andrew Caldwell on the IR they oh, uh, i mean two reasons why they uh signed uh Corliss they they realize that Andrew Caldwell Andrew Caldwell broke his hand and like you pointed out for for depth purposes um uh, uh Corliss ha- ha- has a lot more depth Andrew Corliss and uh replacing an Andrew Caldwell there's two Andrews here replacing an Andrew with an Andrew here.
2: Andrew squared. Um, and like I mentioned before, with, with the help that tight end, well, while Ebron's uh with his injury. So, mm-hmm. again, uh, you know, not too much to take away or, or try to uh, bash or whatever. This is a very reasonable move that they had to make.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh, their second preseason game, Thursday at 7.30 on Fox 2 and the Lions Television Network and on WJR, the new flagship radio affiliate for the Detroit Lions. Um, they, they play the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, let uh, You got any inside information as we try to preview those guys?
2: Mm, next game is, in C- is against Cincy, correct? Yeah. Um, I really can't. I'll be honest with you. In terms of breaking down preseason games, the, all I can say is don't get hurt. Don't look too terrible. That's, and most importantly, again, to reiterate, to reiterate point one, don't get hurt. Um, of course, we saw that with, with Ebron here. So what I could say is, you know, look impressive with, the, with what you can do. Uh, try to not look too uh, rusty or whatnot. What and most importantly, just don't get hurt. With four preseason games, it's it's just, oh, uh, God, I wish it was like three or two so it would be, uh, wouldn't be be too much of a, of a hassle here. But with four preseason games, you got to be, as careful and conservative is essentially like you know, treating these players like you're treating a newborn baby here, or, or or a toddler that's beginning to walk. You don't want them bumping into anything that could hurt them. So um that'll be my uh, my biggest qualm about that. Now for 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 Cincy though, they do have a good defense. Uh, I think you know it was clearly evident in the playoff game against Pittsburgh, I believe. Um, was against Pittsburgh? It might have been someone else. But, uh, you know, they had a very uh, impressive defensive showing, even though it came back to hurt them, and they still lost. Uh, I, I really like what, what uh, Cincy's defense showed uh, with, between perfect and, and Pac-Man Jones, uh, among other among teams, on the defensive front. So uh, it seems like with, with these next three teams you're going up against, the, the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Bills, it uh, seems to be a theme of defense throughout. So I would say is try not to get overwhelmed by any of their uh, defense, when the first unit's on, on the field, I should say. Uh, at least with the first unit's on, on the field. Second unit, who cares, just don't get hurt all around. Uh, but try not to get overwhelmed with your number ones on there against their number ones when the opposing team has the defense on the field.
0: So with that, it's time to preview college football.
2: Touchdown, Michigan!
0: Touchdown, MSU! According to Sports Illustrated, the Michigan Wolverines are ranked fourth and the Michigan State Spartans are ranked thirteenth. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines have a new quarterback, and so do the Michigan State Spartans. So um, they 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 both both of those two teams have uh, have uh, new have a uh, new quarterback department, but um, the rest of the roster are kind kind of this almost kind of the same as last year. But uh, the, the Spartans have uh, have lost Connor Cook. The Wolverines have have lost Jake Rudock. Uh, the Spartans, uh, of course, are going at with uh, Tyler uh, Tyler O'Connor. Uh, the Wolverines, um, uh, who are they? Who are they going at quarterback again? The Wolverines here.
2: It's not determined for now, but it appears to be either uh, Wilton Spite or another player. I know Shane Morris is not uh, one of the files. It was, it was between Spite, and another player. I forgot his name at the moment. But uh, Wilton Spite was one of the front runners for, for the spot uh, for the starting quarterback job last night. Last I checked.
0: Okay, so um, it's kind of interesting how uh, Michi- Michigan is ranked fourth by uh, any kind of source, especially um, Sports Illustrated. But but uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Well, uh, they have Jim Harbaugh as their head coach, but. The, according to the fan exactly, fan base. That's, that's,
2: that's one big reason. Uh, another reason is the coming off of the fact, Not just Jim Harbaugh as a head coach; it's the fact that they have Jim Harbaugh and they're coming off a ten win season. Uh, some yeah. people, I guess, you could say uh, myself, would myself clearly say it should have been eleven wins. But hey, you know, botch pun is a botch pun. You know, you live with uh, with the consequences. Uh, you also have a team that yes, you you know your starting quarterback is now gone. You have to replace him, but there's no much, no worries on that because we've seen what Harbaugh can do with quarterbacks time after time after time. You know, whether you're Andrew Luck or even Alex Smith, if you're a quarterback, Harbaugh can work magic with you. Uh, so you got that almost all of your stars offensively with the exception of a couple of linemen or whatnot. They're back. That includes Jake Butt. That includes, uh, uh, De'Veon Smith, Amar Darbo, Jehu Chesson. They're back. Um, your defense, say for you know, a couple of guys in the linebacking spot, uh, they're back as well. Uh, not to mention your defensive line includes Rashawn Gary, uh, hopes to be as big a good freshman sensation the way Jabril Peppers was. Uh speaking of the aforementioned Peppers, he's in a secondary and includes him and Jordan Lewis. So on the whole, between offense and defense, this is a strongly uh reloaded and experienced team uh coming back with Jim ba- Jim ha- Harbaugh as their head coach. Um with I guess you could say uh, not easy schedule, especially when their three biggest games are on the road, but certainly manageable schedule where if they found a way to win all those games or went out, uh without question, you know, they're currently ranked eighth nationally in the coach's poll. But like I mentioned before in the last episode, you know, between name recognition, Grand Harbaugh factor Michigan, if they can, it's a tough task, but if they win out all their games, that includes I, at Iowa, at MSU, at Ohio State, win the college, um, and also win the conference title, without question, they are a shoe-in to make the playoff. Um, now it comes to out, uh, after that, especially now seeing, apparently, Jabril Peppers on, on the cover here, what individual awards could be, uh, brought about, and seeing what Peppers did last year, what he's, and you knowing what he's capable of, uh, he could be a potential dark horse Heisman here, dark horse Heisman candidate. Uh, I think Deshaun uh, Watson from Clemson is the favorite, uh, uh, the preseason favorite. Uh, but don't sleep on a guy like Pepper's trying to crash the party here.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, then the Michigan State Spartans still have Mark Dantonio as their head coach. Um, they they still got the the uh, type of the type of uh, uh, some of, some of the type of players that they still had that they had on their roster uh, for like two or three years now. Their, we, system uh, seems
2: to be, uh, their system seems to be set up in a way where, yeah, even though, you know, it's a big loss to lose a guy like Connor Cook, similar to what it was losing for Cousins, they find a way uh, to find, even if it, if it takes a, a minor step back one season, they come right back at you the next. Um, so I it, it's not like, it's not like we're saying, oh, MSU, they're going to win, they're going to finish seven and five. No, I expect them to get at least eight or nine wins, uh, possibly even 10. That could come, that, that could come depending on whether or not, uh, they beat Michigan again this year. So at the, at, I see them no worse being, being an eight and four team. I think bare minimum for them should, their threshold could be nine wins. Anything after that is gravy for MSU, uh, cause one, Mark D'Antonio is your coach and two, uh, um, they still find a way, even though Nardiz, Nard, Pat Narduzzi is no longer there, uh, they, have, they still find a way to, to have relative uh, success from the defensive front. Uh, and with, of course, Dan Tone, the head coach, um, they always find a way, uh, I guess, whether it be chip, putting the chip on your shoulder or finding other methods of motivation, uh, they do find a way to have good or great seasons when you least expect it. So uh, I am not keeping an eye out on Michigan State, uh, or, or not sleeping on them, rather. And I don't think S dies either. That's why they have them ranked 13th. Uh, it's just tough to do because knowing that full and all likely, you should not have won that game last year against Michigan. Um, and you got embarrassed by Alabama in the playoff. It lowers your, you know, that's probably the, those two reasons why they're not in the top 10 per se. Because remember, this is these, these are the defending big 10 champions here. Uh, but I think see it as a bit of a fluke title. Uh, even for, I still can't believe they went into Columbus last year and beat Ohio State. Uh, that that one still bothers my mind. So knowing that they are behind Ohio State and Michigan in terms of returning talent, stack, and whatnot, uh, even though OSU's got a few parts to replace on their own, but they still got over Myers to coach, I can see why in terms of national perspective MSU is that the uh, they're that uh, leading bronze medal candidate in and MSU and OSU, I guess you know they're the battle they're doing the battle for the gold makes sense with the theme of Olympics talk that we're doing here. So again, don't count on MSU, but it doesn't doesn't seem as likely they'll have a strong season like they did last year. Nothing bad to say, but uh, it's, just, it's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. Looking at the roster here, they look at they still have Malik McDowell. Um, oh, the Bola's here. Uh, Riley Bola, um, Demetrius Cox, um, Josiah Price at tight end. He, he's still around. Jeremy Schramm, uh, R.J. Shelton at wide receiver. He's pretty good. Uh, Jalen Watts Jackson. <laughs> oh man, I, I I really hate to break the hearts of Michigan fans everywhere again for his. Uh, for his play last year that wanted for Spartan fans I know that'll excite Spartan fans uh, everywhere too. But, um, Damian moving on Damian Terry, uh, Delton Williams, Gabe Sherrod, Malik Smith might not know him too much, but, uh, anyway, those are the guys that, um, that will lead MSU to, uh, the top that may lead MSU to, to the top 25. Um, Michael Geiger still is their a kicker, coach. a senior. Yep.
2: Yeah, it's a good squad. They they do have they have good players and Mark Dant. I mean, they have a great coach and D'Antonio. Uh, it's just it's going to be hard for them to get over losing Calhoun, Shalee Calhoun, uh, Connor Cook, uh, and Aaron Herbert to the draft here. So that would be like Michigan. Yeah, they lost Rudolph, but imagine them losing Rudolph, Jake Butt. And Pe- Angeville peppers in, in one draft class. Yeah, tough to come back from. So um, I don't doubt MSU's ability to still win games because of it, but I don't expect them to possibly be for another Big Ten title. Uh, I still say like like for them, I think it's going to be a nine win season for them. I, I'm not sure. i uh, didn't get a chance to look. Is a uh, in five, five questions is the season preview like like give uh, predictions for the record the teams or is that is that going to have to come next week
0: all right so it's time for five questions are you ready
2: absolutely taylor let them rip
0: it's time for five questions on the michigan sports truth on Spreaker. question number one with the tigers winning two straight heading home following their previous five game losing streak how difficult are they in a situation based on whether they want to keep or fire their manager brad Osmus?
2: It's not difficult now if they miss the playoffs, though, so that they have their reason to either fire or, like I said, last year was contract not to bring back Osmus, you know, the old uh, the old uh, Mike Babcock special. That decision could become more of a difficult. uh, In terms of level difficulty, it depends on whether or not, how far they go. If they miss the playoffs, he's gone for sure. Make the playoffs, you don't know. Deep playoff run, okay. And if they win the World Series, it's hard to see them not bring him back. That's, that's how I, w- I, w- I would rate it in terms of levels on the difficulty scale on uh, what decision you would make potentially in terms of wanting to bring back awesomeness.
0: Yeah, Alavila should know this too.
2: Next question.
0: Question number two, how, bi- how big was it for Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod, to get a much cleaner save Saturday night in Texas?
2: Big confidence booster for one, um, because leading up to that, forget about the debacle in Seattle. Uh, even instances, instances where he got this, his 30th save, it was either against Houston or between Houston, Chicago, and New York. It was, in, it was in Chicago. The 30th save that he got against Chicago, even the 31st against, the, that he got against the Mets, not easy goings, used a lot of pitches, then of course gave up the two run homer in the ninth and in the loss against the Mets. Then of course the debacle in the 15th inning against Seattle. So to see K-Rod come in and, uh, no, not work a one, two, three inning, but still get uh, as much uh get the job done as much as clean as he could. compared does what his last outings have been. Definitely good for a morale booster, um especially knowing that he did get some rest b- between uh, Tuesday's game and Saturday's game. Yeah. So that helped a lot too. Just enough so rest, not as long
0: too long as, not too long, but just an, just long exactly. enough. Exactly.
2: You don't want another yeah. Exactly. You don't want another Joaquin Soria situation. So. Like I said, we're we're approaching the home stretch soon, so it was in air time for him to kick it into another gear. This be this will be the, the moment here, uh, and him getting, like I say, getting that save at Texas probably was a good uh, jump start to uh, start things off. Next question,
0: question number three: What were your thoughts on Jake Rudock's performance in the Lions' first preseason game of two thousand sixteen?
2: I liked it actually. You know, it showed um, that you know he he wants to prove his merit. You know, because clearly the Lions drafted him for, for a reason. Um, and I guess potentially to see if he has what it takes to be their potential backup quarterback, to establish himself as their go-to backup quarterback the way Sean Hill was a few years back. Because um, who would you rather take, Dan Orlovsky or Jake Rudolph? Yeah, I can tell you from <laughs> without question. Uh, forget the whole, you know, Michigan buys or what you want. I'd rather have got. Rudock over a guy that doesn't know when the hell about where the hell the boundary is, at the back of the end zone is, or running out of bounds. So that alone has uh, Rudock in in my personal front uh, running uh, spot to become the, the, the next backup. But still, three games to go. Olalqui had a, an okay game himself, so it, it could it could come down to if both guys perform well. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if the Lions. Decide so to keep them both on, and one, and then it's just a battle to see who, who's going to be the third string. More than likely, Rudok, since he is the rookie. So, um, unless Orlovsky performs terribly, I think he's still, he's still going to remain as the primary backup. But if Rudok does have an impressive showing, he'll, to, he'll for sure make the team. Probably at least the, the third string QB for now. But if he's having good showings and and uh, good spots and appearances, he'll move up to that primary uh, backup role in all no time. Next question.
0: Question number four. Did the Michigan Wolverines deserve the number four ranking by Sports Illustrated?
2: Number four, probably a little bit too high. I think they deserved top ten at least. Because Let's remember, you know, even though they, they had a great defense, have the hyper of Jim Harbaugh and whatnot, have great players on their side, uh, at the end of the day, last year, they didn't win uh, uh, anything worth important. They didn't win the Big Ten title. They couldn't even get into the national playoff, let alone win uh, the national title sweepstakes here. Uh, but they did have an impressive showing in their bowl game against, against the Florida Gators. So between hype and expectation and seeing what you saw last year and knowing Jim Harbaugh is your head coach, uh, that would be the reason for the expectations. I probably would rank them a little bit lower, probably around closer to uh, what the Post Bowl has, at, probably seven or eight, uh, because they have the potential to be one of those final four teams. But uh, I want to see them try to prove it and earn it first and try to slap it on them right from the get-go. Next question.
0: Question number five. This is a good one. Which bowl game do you think the Spartans will enter since we already know they're going to end up with a winning record in 2016?
2: Ah, you try, you, you you threw me a good change-up on that one. Um, I think they could still end up with a new, a good New Year's Day Bowl, probably a Buffalo Wild Wings or, or a Capital One or, or an Outback Bowl, something like that. Um, it'll be hard to say they get one of the, the New Year's Six Bowls or a playoff bowl or whatever the case may be, because what they're just in... Now, if they were in a, 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 a different division for Michigan and Ohio State, then you could say they have a better chance of possibly winning the Big Ten. But they're not. So that, that hurts them a little bit. So with nine wins here, here or there, maybe even ten, uh, I think their high ceiling could be another New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, they've had, what, and since this new system was created, they played in two straight New Year's Six Bowls. Both of them were, were Cotton Bowls, I believe. Uh, of course, the last one was in the... Uh, uh, college football playoff semifinal. So, if they find themselves in another New Year Six Bowl, uh, it'll be quite uh, still a fairly highly impressive season for the Spartans. All
0: right, we're going to have to wrap this up really quickly because I got to go to work here. Um, for all listeners, yep. For all the listeners and fans out there, if you want to answer those questions, just replay the episode and answer them in the comment bank below this episode. That wraps up episode 224 of the Michigan Sports Truth. Ed, thanks so much again for your help. I'll talk to you again on episode 225 sometime like Tuesday at 11 p.m.
2: Yep, and free parting shot, by the way. Rest in peace to ESPN, long-time ESPN uh, colleague, uh, head guy, sports supporters, John Saunders, very sad, tragic loss is to his family at this time. Rest in peace, John Saunders. All right.
0: Before we sign off, I want to remind everyone to share this episode and our entire podcast on social media. Have their friends share it as well, and follow me on Spreaker at Taylor as Taylor Phillips. Online at Spreaker.com because I want to tell them that the Michigan Sports Truth podcast on here, on Spreaker, is in search of local advertising sponsors. If anyone has a business that's interested in sponsoring this program, please email me at taylorgatorphillips14 at yahoo.com. Phillips, Phillips with two L's or privately message me on Facebook or Twitter. Fred Smith, I'm Taylor Phillips. If there's anything you fans want more of or less of on our podcast, please let us know. Follow us on Twitter at DT2Phillips and at EdSmith313TTFN. Ta-ta for now.
1: This holiday season, remember the families who've lost loved ones to COVID-19. Don't risk losing your loved ones. Stay vigilant. Make smart choices, avoid indoor gatherings, and wear a mask. Spread hope, not COVID. For tips, visit michigan.gov slash holiday
2: 2020.
1: A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. At the end of the open road, some things are better experienced than explained. Know the feeling on the beaches of Fort Myers and Sanibel.